From the friendly frontier, this is Everything West Texas. This podcast is brought to you in part by Floyd Miller Investments and the West Texas Tribune. Hosted by the man himself, Mr. Floyd Miller. All the information conveyed during this show is intended to inform, educate, and resonate with integrity and credibility. We may make you laugh, we may even make you cry, but never will we speak out against you or about you. We want to speak with and for you because every voice deserves to be heard. The views and opinions expressed on this show are meant to stimulate, not offend, and we reserve the right to edit content and outside participation to preserve the ethical value and professional principles of operation structure maintain a platform for interaction and information. Join us as we explore trending topics in news, politics, sports, business, education, faith, and the people, places, graces of creating a ripple in the surface of the big country. Your host of Everything West Texas, streaming on all major podcast platforms for your listening and viewing fulfillment, investment professional and editor-in-chief, Mr. Floyd Miller. Where the cotton grows and the oil flows, here's Everything West Texas. Uh, Hello, my name is Floyd Miller, and I am the host of It's Everything West Texas. We try to bring you interesting programs, and I am sure today that we have a very interesting program. We are going to be talking about an unsung hero. I think this is only appropriate as we approach Veterans Day. We're going to be talking with one individual who is an unsung hero about Veterans Day, but this individual also happens to be a Vietnam veteran. So when you hear him speak today, I hope that you will think about all of those veterans that served in Vietnam and made maybe did not uh, get the recognition that they do or do. The individual that we have on our program today is retired Colonel Paul Lockett uh, from Abilene, Texas. So welcome to the program, uh, Colonel Lockett. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, we are happy that you're here. And first of all, I just want to say thank you to you and all of the men and women that have served this country uh, over the years. And I guess for me, I was closer to people that were in the Vietnam era. Area. So again, I want to say thank you uh, for your service. And uh, Colonel Lockett, at this time, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, maybe where you grew up, uh, and some just some things like that. Okay, well, Abilene is home, and uh, most of my early years in Abilene, we lived, we lived on the corner of 10th and Ash, which is across from the uh, old Woodson School. Uh, I have uh, uh, six sisters and and three brothers, so we come from a come from a large family. Yeah. And uh, in my junior high school years, my family moved to uh, Plainview, Texas, where I spent uh, most of my uh, junior high school well high school years there. But my family moved back to Abilene my senior year, and, and so I, I graduated from uh, Carter G. Woodson High School in 1959. And following following that, following graduation. It was kind of difficult to to get right into right into college without some kind of a scholarship. So I did uh, a year after graduation get a scholarship, and I went to uh, Prairie View A and M down down by uh, by Houston. And uh, after four years there, I, I graduated from from Prairie View and uh, accepted a, a a commission in the United States Army as a military policeman. But at that time, if you accepted a a regular Army commission, you had to do 
uh, a detail with one of the combat arms, like infantry, armor, or artillery. So I did my uh, detail in the infantry. Wow, you and, that was yeah, part. I did my detail in the infantry. Man, that's and so pro- that, that entailed one full year in Vietnam. Okay, let me uh, back up just a little bit. You said that you got a uh, commission and went into the military. So did you get that uh, commission while you were at Prairie View A&M? Yeah. Upon graduation from Prairie View, I graduated as a distinguished military student and, and was commissioned RA uh, in the United States Army. Okay, and then you went to Vietnam. How long were you in Vietnam? Well, the biggest part of a year, I was there 11 months and a few days. But, you know, prior to uh, prior to going to Vietnam, you go through your, your infantry officer training and airborne school and, uh, and then, to, then to Vietnam. Okay, so you were, what was your duties in Vietnam? I was an infantry platoon leader for, for nine months, and then for three months I was an infantry company commander. Okay, and where, where, were, you, where were you stationed there? Most of the time I was stationed in an area called in the Central Highlands uh, in Pleiku. That's, that's in the Central Highlands. But I really, really started off in Tuiwa, and that's on the coast, on the, on the southern coast uh, of Vietnam. Okay, and uh, of course, war is never easy, but w- what did you learn over there? Did you, did you learn anything in Vietnam that's kind of stuck with you uh, throughout your life? You know, I, I think the most thing that I, that I learned was about the young soldiers that, that I was leading in Vietnam. Most of the guys in my unit were draftees. I, I did not have a soldier in my, uh, I had one soldier in my unit who did not qualify to go to OCS and become an officer. So these were smart young guys. And, and, and I learned that, uh, you know, if you could instill, uh, just a little bit of discipline, and and have the soldiers to respect you as they did, uh, then you you know you learned about different personalities and how to deal with them. I think that was the most important thing that I learned about dealing with people and dealing with young soldiers. Okay. Um... Were you in an area where you saw casualties, or were you, or were you isolated from that? No, I wasn't. I wasn't isolated from it. Uh, uh, fortunately for me and for my unit, I lost one soldier uh, for the whole time that I was there. I had other soldiers who was wounded, uh, and that. Uh, that's a hard pill for uh, a platoon leader to swallow to see some of his men who were, who got killed. But, you know, like I say, I only lost one, and that was as, as a platoon leader. But I did have several that get uh, that got uh, wounded pretty badly. Okay, so so after Vietnam, where did, where did you go? What did you do? Well, 
after after Vietnam, I came back to the states and was signed to Fort Garden, Georgia, and that was the home of the military police corps. So I had to go and I guess get myself certified as a military police corps officer, and then I uh, I went to uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, as a company commander of the 503rd MP Battalion. Oh, okay. Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So, um, is is that where you met your bride, or where did you where did you, you meet? Know, mm-hmm. I uh, I met my bride uh, there, and uh, we didn't court. We didn't we didn't court very long. I think I think after my second date with her, I said, "Boy, this is the lady that I want to marry." But I think it took her a little bit longer. <laughs> took her a little bit longer to decide that she wanted to do that, and and several proposals, and yeah, and then we got married. We had a full military wedding there at the main chapel at Fort Bragg. And how many how many years have you been married? We've been married fifty three years now. Congratulations, congratulations! Obviously, you made the right choice, and she made the right choice. I think so. I uh, well, I don't think I know so, you know. And we have we have two two children. We have a uh, one son and one daughter. Cause my daughter is the oldest, and uh, my daughter uh, went to Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio. And then I had tried my best to get her to go to Prairie View, and she wouldn't go. And at that time, she said, "But I've got to go get a master's degree." I said, "Well, good luck." <laughs> and she said, you're not going to pay? I said, no. I said, if you go to Prairie View, I'll pay. <laughs> so so she went to Prairie View, and fortunately for her, in the time she was there, she got two master's degrees. And after Prairie View, she worked for a while, and then she went to Texas Women University and uh, received a Ph.D. Wonderful. Uh, my, son, my son went to Texas A&M. And uh, the same thing happened. He says, I I need to go get a master's, Dad. And I said, good, good luck. (laughs) He said, well, you paid for Patrice. I said, I'll pay for you if you go to Prairie View. (laughs) So he went to Prairie View and got a master's from PV. Uh, Just a little gentle persuasion there. Yep. So what what are they doing now? My daughter uh, was teaching at uh, Jacksonville State University in Jacksonville, uh, Alabama. And, and my son is uh, is running the ROTC program in Houston for uh, Klein Independent School District. Okay. Now, did your son serve some time in the military also? Yeah, he he accepted a commission in the National Guard. He spent twenty years in the National Guard. Wow. Well, that's and, and retired as a major. Retired as a major, man. That is that is great. So I'm sure that when you think about uh, what your children have done, you have to be very proud of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long did you stay in the service? 30 years. 30 years. And what what has life been like since the service? Did you work anywhere? Or, uh, what did you yeah, do? Yeah, I, uh, when I first retired from the Army, I accepted a job with the U.S. Marshal System and uh, and moved to moved to Houston. And uh, while we were there looking for a place to buy a home and to live, we stayed in an apartment. 
And we were there. We were there six months. And one day I was coming home from work, and I and I don't know. I must have been day daydreaming. And I looked down on on that, uh, at, and I was driving eighty miles an hour, and I was covered around by big trucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I said, "My God, what am I doing?" And I decided then that Houston was not the place for me. So. Uh, we left Houston and moved to uh, moved to Abilene. And uh, uh, working with uh, Chief Martin and and Kathy Merrill, I got a job working for the city as the director of planning and zoning. And I did that for three years. And then Chief Martin hired me as the uh, property as his property and uh, property manager. And so and I did that for seven years and then retired. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I was just thinking about I kind of jump from the military to what you were doing after. Did you? I want to go back to the military for just Are a you minute. There? Yes. Uh, can you hear me now? Can yeah, you hear me? Can you hear me, Carl? Yeah, I hear you okay now. Oh, okay. Uh, in the military, did you? Did you meet any interesting people? Did you work with some interesting people while you were in there? Well, that, there were two people that uh, that uh, when I was commanding a criminal investigative services activity unit in D.C., uh, Colin Powell, when he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, I commanded the unit that provided him uh, personal security. So, you know, I had soldiers with him everywhere he went, whether it was in and around the D.C. area or whether he was traveling overseas or wherever. We uh, provided the security to him, the same kind of security that the Secret Service provides for the for, for the president. And uh, also I provided that same kind of security for um Norman Swatskoff, but but for Norman Swatskoff, it was after he retired because there had been some threat against him and his family. So I had to provide the uh, the the personal security for him and his family. So when you when you're providing security for people at that high level, they I'm sure you get scrubbed pretty closely. You and the men and women that uh, provide that security detail that that would be quite an honor uh, to do you that. Know, well, I had a I had a unit. The army has a unit that is assigned to the to the headquarters, uh, CID headquarters, that 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 do that all the time. That is their primary responsibility. And so there there are people like uh, the chief of staff of the army, the secretary of the army, the undersecretary of the army, and his staff. We uh, that unit provides uh, personal security for those individuals all the time. Now, when the chairman of the joint chief changes. And uh, and he become uh, an admiral or uh, a general in the air force. Then the air force or the or the navy provides security during the period that he is he is the that they are uh, the, the chairman of the joint chiefs. Wow! So that that one kind of it rotates as the chairman of the joint chief rotates. I assume that they're still doing the same thing. I would think so too. And mentioning uh, General Colin Powell, you know he uh, just passed away. Uh, a few weeks ago, he was uh, a man that I think was admired by uh, most of the people in this 
uh, country. And one thing that I particularly liked about uh, General Powell, he was an humble man and was also somebody that if he felt like he made a mistake, he was willing to um, to say that. So I, yeah, yeah, I think he's being buried today. Yeah. Mm. In the I think end, his funeral is being, is being conducted today. Well, we need to send a special prayer up for his wife and uh, other family members. He did a great service to the country, and also did so did General Norman Swarskoff. I think they called him uh, Storming Storming Norman. And... Well, you didn't call him Storming Norman to his face, or <laughs> uh, uh, anywhere you could. Uh, he could hear that. He did not like that term. Wow. That term came about as a result of, uh, I guess, his personality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was he was totally different from uh, from Colin Powell. But I would tell you that uh, it was easier for me to brief uh, Norman Swarthcroft than it was uh, Colin. Colin Powell would just kind of sit there and look, make a few notes, and uh, when he fin- when you finished, uh, uh, then he started answering and asking the questions. But Swarthcroft would interrupt you anytime he had a question, and you know, and I prefer if I'm briefing somebody, I prefer it that way. I prefer you to stop me and say, "Oh, wait a minute, what do you mean?" You know, uh, whatever the question is. But the, the times that I that I briefed Colin Powell, it was uh, uh, that kind of a good pleasant look and stuff on his face that you could see him making notes. And so when it was all over, then he'd come back with whatever questions he had. Right, right. Oh, okay. Well, uh, jumping back to the civilian side uh, a little bit, you you did make the trip back to Aline, and we are happy and blessed to have you in our city, have you coming back uh, back home. Is, is there anything else that you would... Um, like to say to the Abilene community or anybody that might be listening to us today? Well, I suppose the only other thing about, you know, about being here in uh, in Abilene, they were working working for Chief uh, Martin was 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 just good. You know, he was a as far as I'm concerned, he was a chief's chief in the police department when he was there. Had no no problems with him. I had none, and I assume that he never had any with me because I never heard anything. The idea of the idea of returning home was was not an initial thing that I thought about doing. In fact, my wife wanted to wanted to move to and live in San Antonio. But when we uh, left Houston and went to San Antonio to look around for a place to stay. The traffic and the everything else in in uh, San Antonio was just as bad as it was in Houston, and so Abilene became the place for us to come, and we've we've enjoyed it. Even though my kids was already gone or in college, or out of college at that time, uh, it's just it's just been great to be back home. And my wife has fallen in love with with Abilene. Well, that's. That's good. As I said, we're happy to have you uh, back here, and I, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today uh, about your uh, experiences uh, in the military, and and since you have uh, got out of the military, we really appreciate what you has offered to Abilene. We want to wish you and all of the veterans a happy Veterans Day week. Uh, and again, we thank you for your service. God bless you and your family. And thank, thank you. you. This podcast has been sponsored by the West Texas Tribune and Floyd Miller Investments. Securities and investment advisory services offered through FSC Securities Corporation, 
FSC member FINRA SIPI. FSC is separately owned and other entities and are marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Floyd Miller can be reached at 3300 South 14th Street, Suite 100, Abilene, Texas, or by phone at 325-676-0138.